Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the O Show podcast presented by FantasyJocks.com. Be a champ today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O Show Podcast, episode 43, presented by FantasyJocks.com. Be a champ today. I am your host, Jack O'Hara. NFL Divisional Round Playoff Weekend is in the books. Cowboys lost. I'm angry. I'm, I'm spitting angry. I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. My heart rate is dangerously high right now. It's not like I eventually saw it coming, not heartbroken this time around. And it's also not like it was a heartbreaking loss like four years ago, the Dez catch. Obviously, should have been ruled a catch. He had three feet down. It was ridiculous. They lost to the Packers in Green Bay that day. They lost to the Packers again two years ago. They were the number one seed. They played in Dallas. And Jared Cook had that... 30-something yard pass from Aaron Rodgers with like four seconds left. Absolutely heartbreaking. Mason Crosby with the game-winning 50-yard field goal. This time around, though, the Rams just beat us. I mean, the defense could not stop Todd Gurley on the running game. Uh, They were the better team, and I can sleep at night knowing that. On the other hand, I did have the Chargers going over the Patriots today. I thought Phillip Rivers and Los Angeles were just too strong going into this one. Boy, was I wrong. Tom Brady and the Patriots dynasty, along with Bill Belichick, is far from over. They went 11-5 this year, the first time that they haven't won 12-plus games in a season in 11 years. The last time they went 11-5, which 11-5 is a great record in the NFL. I'd love it if the Cowboys could go 11-5 every year. I'd love it. They'd win the division. The division sucks. 11-5 is not a bad record. They haven't lost more than four games in a season in 11 years. And that's when Matt Castle was their quarterback in 2008 because Tom Brady was out for most of the season with an ankle injury after injuring it in the playoffs the previous year. And they've won three of the last four AFC titles, been to the Super Bowl three times in the last four years, two in a row. They're one win away from going to the Super Bowl for the third consecutive year. That'd be for the first time in franchise history. I mean, the Brady-Belichick duo has won five championships. They've won... Eight AFC titles, conference titles, that is. Um, But they haven't really, like, I feel as if every now and then they have like a stinker or two type season where it's one and done. They just choke in the divisional round. I saw it a few weeks ago in person, or not a few weeks ago, a few, wow, maybe like 10 years ago. It was Jets Patriots in Foxborough. I went to the game with my dad and my uncle, and the Jets upset the Patriots. It was 28-21. Mark Sanchez led the charge. It was Rex Ryan's team at the time. Second year, the Jets uh, went back went back to back AFC Championship games in which they lost. Uh, Santonio Holmes was on that team. Ladainian Tomlinson. Jets pulled off an upset that day. Had the lead the entire game. It was amazing. I loved it. Um, they also did it um, in 2008. Again, when Brady was injured uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, they were 11-5 and that year. So I felt like they were um, due for one of those choking seasons where they just had a bye week and just blew it in the divisional round. I mean, New England continues 
to make history. I mean, I was looking at the numbers today. This will be their uh, ninth consecutive, or maybe, yeah, ninth consecutive AFC Championship game appearance. Nine years, that's almost a decade of being one of the final two teams in your conference. They've won the division 10 years in a row, which is astonishing. I mean, again, considering you have the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills, it's not that hard. They did go 11-5, and which is considered atrocious among fans up in Foxborough. Again, I'd love it if the Cowboys went 11-5 and every year. Um, and then there was one more. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, it was like 8th or ninth consecutive uh, year where they get a first-round bye. So they went in. So they went into the final few weeks looking like they were going to be the three, maybe even the four seed. So it was going to be the first year they actually had to play during Wild Card Weekend. Uh, turns out we were wrong. They squeak out, get that two seed at eleven and five. First time in thirty something years. It's been a long time that um, there was a team with a better record than one of the by the bye week seeds, the Patriots with the two seed at 11 and five, the Chargers went into the postseason as the five seed, but they were 12 and four. Remember the Chiefs won the division at 13 and three. They were the one seed Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs host Tom Brady and the Patriots next weekend, Sunday night football at 630 Eastern time at Arrowhead in Kansas City. Uh, I would say that Mahomes and the Chiefs would take it, but after today, I'm having second thoughts. I believe that Tom Brady put the league on notice today, and the Pats dynasty really seems far from over. But should you really be surprised? I mean, I I admit it just a second ago. Even I went into this game optimistic because Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers have giving their fans a fantasy season, going 12-4 and this year, making the postseason for the first time since 2013. I think they lost to the Broncos that year in the divisional round. That was, when, that was Peyton Manning's first year with the Broncos. First or second year when they went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Seahawks. Broncos beat the Chargers that day uh, 24-17. It was the divisional round back in 2013, January 2014. So the Patriots, on the other hand, have made history over the past two decades uh they've like i said 10 consecutive afc east titles uh they've given themselves a first round by nine consecutive years and as of sunday they're going to enter their eighth consecutive afc conference championship game dating back to uh 2011 that's insane um game like i said next sunday night at arrowhead stadium uh so is there any reason to doubt that the brady belichick duo uh could potentially lose to a team that they've handled pretty well for the past decade in the Chiefs and the Chargers. Going into this game, Tom Brady was 7-0 and against Phillip Rivers, and I still have the Chargers winning today. Like I said, I felt like the Patriots were due for that one-and-done playoff run. They've choked in years past, obviously not any time recently or relevantly. So I still was optimistic going into this one. I went with the hot hand. The Chargers looked impressive against Baltimore last weekend in the divisional round. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was that's the one obstacle that Phillip Rivers has never been able to overcome in his 15-year career. Uh, he cannot beat one of the greatest quarterbacks and teams to ever step on the football field, and that's Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Rivers... 0-7 lifetime. I mean, I don't know how you can go 0-7. Seven. seven appearances, seven losses against one team. It is a five-time Super Bowl champion team. However, many thought 
like myself, that L.A. was going to walk into Foxborough today and take care of business after a 12-4 and season. Not going to lie. Uh, not to mention the impressive win in Baltimore last weekend. They looked sharp all season. Phillip Rivers having one of the best years of his career at 37 years old. Time is ticking on him as he looks to win his first Super Bowl. He kind of has that chip on his shoulder ever since being drafted by the Giants. I want to say it was the fourth overall pick, Eli Manning, going to the Chargers. It was the first or second round pick that year in the 04 draft, and they traded the Giants and the Chargers. Eli Manning ends up beating Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl and has two Super Bowls with the Giants. So I hope Phillip Rivers can win at least one before his time is up. Who knows how many years he has left. Again, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league today has really does not have much to show for it. But again, I really thought he was going to go in and take care of business today. Oh boy, but I was so wrong. Uh, Not only did Phillip Rivers walk away with his eighth straight loss against Brady, but he was never really given a chance to pick up his first win against a franchise quarterback at all because New England went into halftime with a 35-7 lead. I mean, Brady completed one touchdown pass in the first quarter, a 15-yard score to Phillip Dorsett. And then Sonny Mitchell, I mean, or Mitchell, I don't even know what the hell his name is. I've never heard of him. This is what Brady and Belichick do. They find no names off the waiver wire, and they pick them up, and they're like the best fantasy pickup ever. If you're into fantasy football, they're like one of those waiver wire picks that puts up 50 one week because Brady just hands it off to them at the one-yard line. So Sonny Mitchell, Mickle, however the hell you want to pronounce it, three rushing touchdowns, and he also threw Rex Burkett a bone with one uh, offensive score for a rushing touchdown as well. And they had an awful second half, too. Awful. I mean, Phillip Rivers cut it to, what, 13? So two-possession game by the end of it, 41-28. I mean, the Pats struggled to put up points in the second half with just two field goals in the final 30 minutes. Um, but Tom Brady put Phillip Rivers in an insanely deep hole with 343 total passing yards, going 34 for 44 on pass attempts throughout the game. Rivers gave it his all until the very last whistle. One of the hardest workers in the NFL. He connected for two touchdown passes with uh, Virgil Green and Antonio Gates in the end. Again, he cut the lead to 13, but the Patriots just annihilated the Chargers here today. Annihilated. Brady was way too much for L.A. to overcome. Phillip Rivers, 37. He's still looking for his first Super Bowl. Uh, not only did Bill Belichick's squad show that they are far from done this postseason, but they showed that the dynasty's not dead. Everybody's saying they won 11-5. and five. Oh, they can't win. The dynasty's coming to an end. Brady's going to retire. I don't think it's far. Like, it's not over in the long run. I, I still see Brady playing, like, maybe another three, four years. Again, he's probably not going to retire when he can't play anymore. He's going to retire when he's still on top. Like I said, David Ortiz retired after the best year of his career. He could obviously still play. He could come out of retirement today and still hit 300, I believe. Um, but Tom Brady, Tom Brady's post game, uh, conference or interview on the field told it all. I mean, he basically said, everybody thinks we suck and then we can't win games. I don't know who says that they went 11 and five. I mean, yeah, worst, worst record in the last 11 years for the Patriots, still a good record. Uh, but he basically said, yeah, everybody thinks we suck, but we'll see. Going to look forward to next week's game. Here's Tom Brady's on-field post-game interview with uh, CBS. It'll be a good game. They're a good team. And uh, we played them earlier this year. You know, I know, you know, everyone thinks we suck. And, you know, 
can't win any games, so we'll see. It'll be fun. Very interesting comment from Tom. Nobody thinks we can win. Everybody thinks we suck, but we'll see. feel like a lot of people pissed off Brady, which uh, he has proven is not a uh, great scenario. So we'll see if Mahomes can beat the man Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes wants to be the man. He's got to beat the man. Tom Brady's won multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowls, five-time Super Bowl champion, one of two players in NFL history to accomplish that feat. Patrick Mahomes probably going to win the league MVP this year, but he's got a lot to prove. Biggest game of his life next Sunday night at Arrowhead. So that was Tom Brady's post-game interview on the field. Bill Belichick, do you have anything to say about the win? Week, uh, obviously ready to go. Uh, you know, played a played a good game today against a good football team. Um, Chargers are really, as I said all week, been very impressive in everything they do. And, but I thought our uh, you know, our team played well and we made plays in every area and uh, played with a lot of energy, a lot of effort. And um, so it's good to be good to be playing this time of year, good to be able to move on. But give the players credit. They uh, they really competed well today. And, you know, that's, that's what we needed this time of year. The always enthusiastic Bill Belichick with his post-game press conference. Again, Patriots, Chiefs, Arrowhead, Next Sunday night in Kansas City, 6.15 Eastern time. Uh, we got Rams Saints as well at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. That's going to be a 3 o'clock start Eastern time. The NFC Championship game, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but again, as we've all learned today, never count the New England Patriots out. Tom Brady proved today once again that he is the man in the National Football League. And if Patrick Mahomes wants to be the man, he's going to have to beat the man next week at home in Kansas City on primetime television. As Bart Scott once said, and wait. <laughs> There's actually a remix out there on YouTube with Bart Scott and uh, Sal Palantonio from ESPN who actually interviewed him after that game. Again, I was at that game in Foxborough, Jets-Patriots AFC Divisional Round 2010. Uh, here's the remix. It's obviously hip-hop, but here's the remix of Bart Scott's uh, post-game interview with Sal Palantonio. So how did that just feel? Feel great. Poetic justice. All you know believe. Disrespect us. Feel great. We're pissed off. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. All you know believe. Talk crap about the defense. Anybody can be beat. All you know believe. Disrespect us. We're good football team. All you know believe. Talk crap. They have our back. We take it last lot. All you know believe. 25 in the league. They can't stop a nosebleed. How did that feel? Feel great. Poetic justice. All you not believe. Disrespect us. Feel great. We're pissed off. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. So how did that feel? Feel great. Poetic justice. All you not believe. Disrespect us. Feel great. We're pissed off. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. So how did that feel? Feel great. Poetic justice. All you not believe. Uh, Rams picking up a 30-22 to win. Like I said, not really heartbroken by this one. We got outplayed. Defense didn't show up, and I can sleep with that at night. So Rams came out playing. Um, Sean McVay came out with all the right play calls, especially that in that final quarter. It was um, C.J. Anderson who got the call for the rushing touchdown on fourth and one, or fourth and goal at the one. 
Uh, easily could have stopped. The Cowboys would have had a chance to tie the game there with at least two minutes left. Sean McFay, trusting in his offense, kept them on the field. C.J. Anderson rushes in for the touchdown. Rams go on to win by eight. So that's what happened there in Los Angeles. Today was a much closer game. I mean, it was a one-score game, the Cowboys-Rams game, but the Rams were in control of that basically the entire time. There was that one touchdown from Amari Cooper in the first quarter when the Cowboys went up 7-3, but that was about it. Uh, the Rams were in firm control of that one last night. On the other hand, Saints and Eagles back and forth. Eagles jumped out to a hot start. Nick Foles, after their 16-15 win in Chicago last week, and look, looking like they were going to upset the one seed again here today. And honestly, I didn't think it was going to be that much of an upset because I also had the Eagles going over the Saints in this one. I actually went just one for three this weekend in predictions. I had the Chiefs over the Colts, and that's about it. Every Everything else was wrong. So, um, Saints quickly go down 14-0. Two touchdowns from Nick Foles and the Eagles. They're up 14-0 in the first quarter, and it's looking like they're just going to run away with it. Not to be the case. Saints defense buckles down, holds the Eagles to just those 14 points the rest of the night. 14 points in the first, I want to say, 10 minutes of the ball game, and that was it. So, um... True Brees buckles down. It's he. They score ten before the half. It's fourteen ten halftime. Uh, touchdown pass to Michael Thomas and um, a field goal. They go up twenty fourteen. Final drive under two minutes. Nick Foles and the Eagles are in scoring distance. They're on the Saints side of the field. Uh, slant pass to Alshon Jeffrey right through his hands, and it was intercepted. And that's how the game. Basically was put away, um, Alshon Jeffrey and the Eagles season slipping right through his fingers there in the final moments. Uh, Doug Peterson calmed him down at the end. But the defending champs have been knocked out by the Saints. So it'll be a good game next week in both one and two seeds in the playoffs. Patriots number two, Chiefs one, Saints one, Rams two. So I guess we didn't have to go through a wild card weekend last weekend after all, or even <laughs> the divisional round this weekend. All the teams with the first round buys going to the championship game. I feel like it's been that way for the past few years or so. I mean, last year, I remember it was uh, Patriots and uh, oh, I guess the uh, Jaguars went last year. They beat the Steelers in the divisional round. Uh, but on the other side, Eagles-Vikings, one and two seed, wasn't all that exciting. The Eagles kind of just ran away with it at the end. Um, although it was interesting to see whether or not Carson Wentz or whether or not Nick Foles could take over after Carson Wentz got hurt in week um, 15 or so. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I personally think it'll be Rams and um, Patriots. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be 100% ready to go. I don't think he's going to be 100% um, uh, on point with all of his passes. Primetime football, again, biggest game of his life. Rookie year. There's only been one rookie quarterback in the history of, of the NFL to compete in a Super Bowl game. Uh, that was Doug Williams of the Washington Redskins. Only one. He co uh, completed 18 of 29 passes uh, for what was then a Super Bowl record, 340 yards, which included an 80-yard touchdown pass to Ricky Sanders. Uh, he also then tied the Super Bowl record with four touchdown passes as the Redskins went on to win that Super Bowl. So Patrick Mahomes has a chance to make history next Sunday night against Bill Pelichick in the Patriots. Like I've, I've said it numerous times already, 
If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Tom Brady is the man in the National Football League. Drew Brees is also up there as one of the men in the National Football League. He proved it again today, got hurt, went out for a few drives, uh, came back, connected with Michael Thomas on that touchdown pass late. Saints go on to win 20-14. to Saints-Rams, 3 o'clock Eastern time in New Orleans next Sunday night. So with New Orleans win, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending world champion Philadelphia Eagles, have been knocked out. Here's uh, their head coach, Doug Peterson, on the loss. Um, just the, the ebb and flow of a game. <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, they, they uh, got some breaks in there. You know, we, we, were, we were moving the ball again. I mean, I think, you know, we had the, we had the turnover that throw to Zach Ertz up the sideline there. They got, got intercepted and just kind of momentum changed and went down and, and scored on that. And, um so nothing, nothing that they did. Obviously, um, we just uh, we just didn't make enough plays to either stay on the field or, you know, continue drives, execute and score. And although it's painful for Eagles fan, they were the defending champions. Uh, very hard to come back the next season unless you're Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to go back to the Super Bowl after you win it. Uh, a little bit of the edge is taken off, as in all sports. After you win, you saw it with the Astros this year, they couldn't. Uh, Mount a comeback. They lost the Red Sox in the ALCS in baseball. Uh, you saw it the year before that. The Cubs weren't really the same after winning the World Series for the first time in 108 years. So nothing to be ashamed of there. Eagles fall a little bit short this year. This could potentially be the Rams year, though. I do have the Rams winning next Sunday. Rams-Patriots, like I've said. Uh, I think this is Sean McFay's year as head coach, youngest head coach in the history of the NFL. He talked about the great team win 30-22 over the Cowboys in his uh, post-game press conference last night. Really, I just thought uh, offense, defense, special teams were outstanding from the jump. So much respect for Coach Garrett and the Cowboys. Um, that's a really, really tough, good football team. A lot of great players, great coaches. So that's a big-time win for us. And, and I thought the key was being able to hold them to 50 yards and being able to rush for over 270 tonight. Uh, we knew it was going to be a physical game. Uh, I thought C.J. and Todd both were outstanding. I thought the offensive line was great from the start. Aaron continued to make big-time plays at the right moments. Uh, and really, that kind of personifies our team, uh, being able to get some key stops to, to close out the game but um, you know it's a step in the right direction and then we'll see who we play next week uh, tomorrow and as we learned today that team will be the New Orleans Saints uh, I'll get Sean Payton's interview in a second first I want to head back to the Cowboys coming up short yet again this is their third uh, NFC divisional round loss in the last six years seems like it's every other year at this point so 2018 season now they did in 2016 against the Packers, 2014 against the Packers. So it'll be interesting to see. They were talking about giving Jason Garrett a, an extension after this season. I don't really think that's in order at all. I feel like, I mean, even though they made the playoffs this year, they got very lucky. Weak division. Eagles struggled all year, kind of picked it up towards the end. Giants, terrible. I've called them a high school team on this show numerous times. Skins weren't great after Alex Smith tore his leg in half. So it was just a weak division. They won one playoff game, two playoff wins in the last 10 years. Uh, to me, that does not cut it if um, you're Jerry Jones. But he loves Jason Garrett. They're, they're talking about a contract extension. I hope that's not the case. I feel like they could use uh, someone else at the helm uh, next season. But who knows? I feel like after a playoff win and a decent playoff run, they won one game. 
after a playoff run, nonetheless, he might uh, survive the season. But here's his uh, post-game press conference after his team's loss to the Rams last night. Uh, we just do, do, did not do a good enough job defending the run, uh, obviously. Uh, they're a physical football team. I think there's a little bit of a misperception about how the Rams play offensive football. It starts with the run, and they do an outstanding job week in and week out, and, and we just didn't do a good enough job controlling the line of scrimmage, uh, winning our gaps, and tackling. And uh, unfortunately for us, they were able to run the ball consistently throughout the ball game. They controlled the pace and the tempo of the game uh, really because of that. It'll be interesting to see if they can rebound. Uh, Amari Cooper came in halfway through the season and lit it up. Ezekiel Elliott again, second uh, rushing title in the last three years. First one coming in his rookie year in 2016. So hopefully they can rebound. I mean, it's been back and forth the past six years or so. They make the playoffs. They go 4-12. and 12, They make the playoffs. They go 6-10. and 10. They're really inconsistent. But this time around, I feel like Dak Prescott has improved since his first couple of years. He had that great year in his rookie year. Uh, sophomore slump when um, I think they went eight and eight, nine and seven, nine. They went nine and seven his second year, and um, this year made the playoffs again. So hopefully they can contend again next year. It's looking like Nick Foles is going to be traded by the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to have to prove that he's the man in Philadelphia. Obviously has all the talent in the world to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Has been hurt numerous times throughout his career thus far. We'll see if he rebounds the Giants. You know they're not going to do anything next year. The Redskins, we'll see what they do. So it'll be interesting. Hopefully the Cowboys can rebound next year and make the playoffs for the second consecutive season. That being said, I've shared Doug Peterson's interview, uh, Sean McFay, Jason Garrett. Here is Sean Payton from the Saints on their win against the Eagles Sunday night. Fall game, and uh, first thing you'd say is tip your hat to Philadelphia. Um, man, those guys came in, brought the fight to us early, and uh, really put us in a hole. Obviously, it didn't seem like there was many drives because the time of possession um, felt like one of the quarters was just that early drive. Um, but we made enough plays. wasn't a perfect game. Uh, certainly, there are a lot of things that we'll have to clean up. But most importantly, we got the win, and uh, you know, against. Listen, defending champions, and, and that, that means something. So again, Saints, Rams, next Sunday night. Um, good interview there from Sean Payton as his boys go to their first NFC title game since they won it back in 09. Um, funny thing is, so the Jets, so to go off track here, the Jets just hired Adam Gase as their next head coach, was the Dolphins head coach. Uh, I'm sure everybody saw his um, interview his uh, press conference the other day, like basically looked at uh, everything in the room except the actual camera and towards the media. Like his eyes were all over the place. There's memes going around where he's chasing this uh, imaginary uh, taco in the air, and I, I, it just made me feel really comfortable. So I just wanted to point that out there. So we talked a little bit about the NFL, the championship round this weekend, Saints, Rams. Patriots Chiefs I've said it a billion times let's move on to professional wrestling Monday Night Raw took place this past week and a lot of things have shaken up on the road to wrestling yes sir we promised you a great
So if you didn't think the McMahon family was actually going to make an attempt at shaking things up on Monday Night Raw, you're dead wrong so far, at least. I mean, last night on uh, Monday Night Raw, we witnessed two matches that have immediately changed the whole complexion of the road to WrestleMania, even the Royal Rumble. So the first came in the form of a triple threat match between Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley. Triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship between two longtime friends slash rivals and then Bobby Lashley and Lilo Rush playing the third wheel in the match. I guess they're trying to put together a short Rollins-Lashley uh, feud. Um, so yeah, Bobby Lashley seemed like he was kind of like the third wheel in this match. Just threw another name in there to make it Somewhat interesting, we've seen Ambrose and Rollins a few times, so Lashley's name just thrown in the mix, or so we all thought, because after some interference from Lilo Rush, uh, Seth Rollins was left to waste, giving Lashley the chance to spear Dean Ambrose in the middle of the ring, then secure the pinfall for the 1-2-3 and to claim his first ever Intercontinental Championship win on Monday Night Raw. Face the fuck did you just say? So unless Vince McMahon plans for a very short title reign for Bobby Lashley, this completely changes the road to WrestleMania in a big way. So Dean Ambrose originally expected to hold on to the title for at least a while heading into WrestleMania, I'm assuming. Um, now with his loss on Monday, it's kind of frees him up for more than just an IC title rematch, with he's, which he can't get now because WWE's new stance on rematch clauses is that there aren't any. So... Um, now with both Rollins and Ambrose out of the Intercontinental title picture, because there's no way Rollins is going to get another Intercontinental title match, they're now both free to compete for the Universal Championship on the road to WrestleMania. And speaking of the Universal Championship, the original championship match between Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman was called off Monday night by Vince McMahon. Lesnar and Strowman were uh, set to face each other at the Royal Rumble for about like the ninth time. So this is definitely a good uh, call on WWE's part. It looked like Braun Strowman wasn't medically cleared to compete just yet. So he had a soldier, uh, what was it? elbow surgery so he was unable to compete uh they played it off though as if braun Strowman was chasing down baron corbin and absolutely destroyed vince mcmahon's limo ripping the door off uh vince told him that he owed him a hundred thousand dollars for uh repair uh Strowman declined so mcmahon removed him from the match Strowman then lifts the limo up uh, showing off his power uh but with Strowman out of the picture john cena drew mcintyre baron corbin and finn balor all made their case uh, for a deserving title shot, which set up a fatal four-way. Mr. McMahon made the announcement, but had uh, Finn Balor earn his way into the match. He had to beat Jinder Mahal, so he had to compete twice in the night, which kind of made you assume that he was going to win as the underdog. He's like 100 pounds less than all of the other guys he was going to face. Vince McMahon even said it on Raw that he didn't believe in Finn Balor, and Finn knew it. Let's uh, take a listen. You never believed in me. Well, you hear that? Those people do. So Finn Balor um, proving yet again that he uh, should have been in the main event picture the entire time. He went to NXT, was a star, was a star in New Japan Pro Wrestling before coming over to WWE, was strongly booked in his first three weeks on the main roster, winning at SummerSlam, first ever Universal Champion. And then he got hurt. Shoulder surgery was out half a year, and he hasn't been the same since. They haven't booked him the same since. 
I mean, they booked him in a rivalry with Baron Corbin in which he lost, which says a lot. So Balor would go on to beat Mahal one-on-one, and then later in the night would win the Fatal 4-Way number 1 contenders match by cleanly pinning a 16-time world champion in John Cena. And uh, after finishing things off at the coup de grace, um, after the match, Balor would receive a rousing endorsement from John Cena, hyping up the number one contender for the biggest match of his life. This is the biggest match in um, Fergie, what's his name? Um, Fergie Devitt, Fergal, Virgil Devitt. Anyway, he Cena would hype him up before his match with Brock Lesnar. Lesnar versus Balor at the Royal Rumble in Phoenix, Arizona at Chase Field. Where I come from, you've given an opportunity and you fight to earn respect. Today, in front of the entire world, Vince McMahon said he didn't believe in you. And you said these people believe in you. For what it's worth, you got one more person that believes in you. You give him hell at the Royal Rumble. Ladies and gentlemen, your challenger for the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble, Finn Balor! A tremendous endorsement. So, um, Balor versus Lesnar's fresh. It's a dream match that many have wanted to see. I, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to get the Demon Balor at a Royal Rumble. So with Balor set to face Lesnar at the Rumble, Lashley now in possession of the Intercontinental title, the road to WrestleMania just got a lot less predictable for the first time ever, I think. I mean, many assume that WWE is planning a main event match between Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins for the Universal title, um, though that still might be in the works. The McMahons have now made many fans think that there are also other possible scenarios with Dean Ambrose dropping the title. He can now insert himself in the Universal Championship picture as well, either through the Royal Rumble match or even the Elimination Chamber. Uh, if if they decide to go the Elimination Chamber route, they could potentially take the title off of Lesnar without actually making him look weak compared to... Because it's, it's probably going to be five-on-one. They're all going to go after the Beast. He's never there. They all, they all poke fun that Lesnar takes... Uh, nine months off from the year and is never there. Uh, this could potentially pit Dean Ambrose against Seth Rollins yet again for the Universal title at WrestleMania. Uh, if Rollins finds a way to win the Royal Rumble match at Chase Field, Dean Ambrose picks up the Universal title win at Elimination Chamber. Although, again, it's very tough to assume that Brock Lesnar will lose the Universal Championship in a scenario where he's pinned. So, like I said, um, Elimination Chamber, they could go five-on-one, take out the Beast. But, hey... Uh, this is WWE's new format. Uh, it hasn't been used in a long time. That's why the product got so stale. Maybe Vince has decided to let loose and see what happens. So I think we're in for uh, quite a ride. We might be seeing some things that probably wouldn't have happened six months ago. And if Lesnar is taken out of the title picture, he could move into another main event match at the show of shows, potentially against dream match opponents like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who's been rumored to come back if they need him, Drew McIntyre, who they're pushing as one of the top heels in the business right now, AJ Styles, we've seen the match, but it was a phenomenal match, no pun intended, or even a guy who says, this is it, or I'm retiring and going to the Hall of Fame, the animal Dave Bautista. Now, if WWE decides to take the title off Brock before Mania, then maybe they can pull the trigger on a match that is yet to be seen in WWE. The Animal versus The Beast, Batista versus Brock, would automatically become a headline match at MetLife Stadium on April 3rd. And 
would mark Dave Batista's first in-ring appearance since 2014. So Dave Batista was in the company from January 2014 to June 2014, six-month period, and then he left. Uh, before that, it was a four-year absence this time around. It would be a five-year absence. Uh, he did show up at SmackDown Live 1000 to reunite with Evolution, first time ever on SmackDown. Um, so the Hollywood movie star, uh, he's gone on record stating that he'd prefer to face Triple H at WrestleMania this year, but would probably more be more open to the idea of facing Lesnar as well. Triple H, we don't even know if he's going to be competing at WrestleMania. Uh, had that pec surgery after that terrible, terrible match at Crown Jewel against The Undertaker and Kane. Uh, one thing is for sure, though, that WWE has made peace on their promise so far to shake things up on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live. Um, they've now shaken up the entire road to WrestleMania with these decisions that they've made in front of fans t- uh, last night on Raw, not to m- mention the announcement of the Women's Tag Team Championships uh, on Alexa Bliss's uh, new show or real- what a talk show, uh, A Moment of Bliss. Although, if they do want to pick up ratings, uh, watching Corey Graves react to Alexa Bliss's random wardrobe malfunction last night on Raw uh, might do the trick for ratings as well. So this has been episode... 43, we talked some NFL, we talked Patriots, Chiefs, Saints, Rams. Remember uh, those games next Sunday at 3 Eastern and 6.15 Eastern. Uh, the road to WrestleMania is picking up two weeks from, or a week, a week from this Sunday is the Royal Rumble pay-per-view in Phoenix, Arizona at Chase Field. First time a Royal Rumble event is taking place in a baseball stadium. Looking forward to that. This has been episode 43. It's episode 43 of the Osho Podcast. Next week, we got a star-studded lineup. We got Victor Rojas, play-by-play TV broadcaster of the Los Angeles Angels coming on, and we have Fozzie's Jack Slade. So stay tuned. This is the Osho Podcast presented by FantasyJocks.com. Get your championship trophies, belts, rings, you name it. Be a champ today. Hit listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube